Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. Well, good morning. Now, come on. Is that how you act on a birthday? Good morning. Welcome to Vintage. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner. I serve as the lead pastor, and happy birthday to you. Regardless, uh, we've always said this, right? The church is not me. The church is not our staff. The church is all of us here who, have called, who call Vintage Church home. And man, it is incredible to think back, to hear some of those stories of people that maybe for some of you guys maybe haven't even met some of those people, but remembering those faces and, and seeing how the Lord worked in those people's lives, to think back 10 years ago. My first Sunday, my family's first Sunday at Vintage Church was the official launch Sunday. And so to think back of those 10 years, it's just, mind, it's honestly mind-boggling and astonishing to see what God has done as we continue to move forward. And so I'm excited for this morning. We've been reflecting on the past, thinking about what God has done. And what I want to do now is, yes, continue to reflect, but begin to anticipate. To begin to anticipate what the Lord not might do, but will do in the life of our church, in the life of us as individuals, in the life of our city, right? think Think about it like this. How many of you remember turning 13? Right? I mean, that was a big, for some of you, like, I don't remember that. That was a long time ago for some of you, right? That was a short time for some of you. Maybe you remember turning 16. Maybe you remember turning 18. Those birthdays were big days, right? I mean, the, the, the mounting up to remembering to be becoming a teenager and then turning 16 to become one of the most dangerous people in the world when you have a car and you don't know what you're doing, right? Or turning 18 and, quote, unquote, officially becoming an adult, But, I mean, here's the thing. As much as you anticipate those birthdays, now, looking back on those birthdays, you recognize that was not the moment, right? Now, looking back, you're thankful for all the time that's transpired between that birthday and now, and you're looking forward to whatever is going to come. And for you and I, that's where I want us to be today. Yes, I want us to thank God for everything that he's done as we turn one-year-old and five years old and now ten years old. But I want us to anticipate what God might do in 15 years, in 20 years, in 30 years. What God might do when you are gone, when I am gone. And how God might still use Vintage Church to change lives and transform our city and ultimately transform our world. And so this morning, we're going to be in a, 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 a passage that you might, when you think about a birthday, you might be like, how in the world are we going there? But I want us to hone in today on Genesis 22, starting in verse 1, verses 1 through 14. If you don't have a Bible, lift up your hand. Our Connect team would love to get you a copy of God's Word. And I want you to think about this passage. Think about learning something about God and then learning something about ourselves. There's so much in this passage that you might have questions about. But I want us to think about what we can learn about God and what we can learn about ourselves. So let's turn there and and read. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. 
So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide as it is said to this day on the mount of the lord it shall be provided now again we have all of these questions like what in the world is going on why would god do this to abraham what was abraham thinking what was isaac thinking but i want you to kind of suspend those questions for now as we think about the future and i want you to think about what can we learn about god from this passage and what can we learn about ourselves from this passage? And as here we are on our 10th birthday celebrating and anticipating all that God has done and is going to do, the first thing that I want you to see is this, that we must anticipate God to do it. We must anticipate God to do it. Go back and look in verses 5 and then 7 through 8. This is what the text says, Then Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Look at verses 7 through 8. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? You'd be saying the same thing, by the way. Like, what in the world is going on? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Now you have to recognize everything that's going on in this passage. Abraham, God had promised to make a great nation out of Abraham. But for 70, 80 years, Abraham had no children. And then God promises him a son, and then 10 years later gives him a son. And now his son is probably a teenager, and God is saying, hey, sacrifice your son, Abraham. And Abraham is like, God, what are you doing? You've made this promise to me. 
But we see in this passage, even in the midst of these promises, even in the midst of this difficult situation, Abraham is anticipating God to move. Whether it's the boy and Abraham are going to come back alive or Abraham believing that God's going to bring his son back to life. There is an anticipation in the life of Abraham believing that God is going to act. That God is going to move in his life. I think about the birth of my own children, right? As a, as a, as a new father, finding out that Rachel was pregnant with my son Gabriel and then Emmeline and anticipating all that that brought, right? To number one, to just find out that you're pregnant. Then number two, to begin to see, you know, the sonograms where it's just a little dot, but it's got this crazy heartbeat, right? Or then to see the alien that's growing in your wife. I mean, listen, don't judge me, right? Because little babies, when they're growing, they look like little aliens, but then they, then they begin to grow and, and change. You anticipate all of that. Right? You, you, you're excited. You're expectant. Think about your own life. What are you anticipating God to do? What are you anticipating? Maybe it's, maybe it's God to save one of your friends. Maybe you're looking for that job and you're hoping you can land that job. Maybe you're single and you're wanting to meet that special someone. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's graduating. Maybe it's getting sober or staying sober, getting out of debt. What are you anticipating God to do in your life? And don't go through life not anticipating God to move and act. Believe. Trust. That God is wanting to and willing to and will do something in your life. Move in such a way that he alone gets glory. That he alone is honored. That when you step back and you look and you say, God, I anticipated this, but to see it happen. What are you anticipating in your life? When I think about the life of Vintage Church, I think about three primary areas where I'm anticipating God to do something. I think about future impact, people being saved, more baptisms, developing disciples and leaders in the life of our church, and increased capacity for future ministry, recognizing in the past 10 years, this is what God has done with this, with us. What could God do in another 10 years? I think about future generations to see our kids follow Jesus and become the church. I think about future churches where we continue to reach New Orleans, the greater New Orleans area, yes, from here, but even getting able to go back to Orleans Parish to do more work in the city of Pittsburgh, to go places that we don't even know where God is sending us yet, that lives might be changed and transformed. Are you anticipating God to do it? Are you believing that God could do it? What is that it in your life where right now you're praying and asking, God, do it? Are you anticipating God to do it? When I think about anticipating God to do something, I think about prayer. Because when you're anticipating, you're believing and you're seeking the Lord, asking God for his hand. And I want to encourage you, we've been focused on these monthly united prayers. In the month of October, we are literally going to spend four consecutive Wednesdays right here. October 3rd, October 10th, October 17th, and October 24th, right here from 6 to 7 a.m., praying and seeking the Lord. 
And we're also going to encourage you to fast on those days. Maybe it's fasting from a meal. Maybe it's fasting for the whole day. Maybe it's fasting from something else that we can use, remove from our lives, that we might be able to seek the Lord better together. What are you anticipating God to do in your life? The second thing that I see in this text for us this morning is that we not only anticipate God to do it, but we watch God do it as well. Look at verse 13, Genesis 22, 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham had anticipated God to move and to work, but he was ready to take the life of his own son. And in the moment of anticipation, the angel of the Lord stopped him. And when he looked up, he saw the substitute. The anticipation led to him seeing God move and work and act in his own life. Where have you seen God show up? In your own life, where you've not just anticipated, God, I hope you'll do this, I pray that you'll do this, I trust that you'll do this, but you can actually look back and remember in this moment, God, this is when you showed up. And for so many of us, listen, I recognize that oftentimes our faith is also connected to our doubt, right? Like if you're being honest with yourself, in the moment that you have faith, at the same time you have doubts, and this, this is in the, in the Gospels. Mark 9, 24, when Jesus is about to heal this man's daughter, the man says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And for you and I, as we trust the Lord, we have to fight through our doubts and trust that God will move, that if he's done it before, he'll do it again. And for some of you, listen, here's the reality. For some of you who are here, like, this is all great, this is fantastic, but I just don't know if God can really, truly save me. And what I want to remind you is here is a testimony, a room full of broken, sinful people who have been bought and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if God can save us, guess what? He can save you. And for some of us, Looking up and seeing the ram, seeing that God has done it, watching God do it, is in this moment looking at our own hearts and lives and recognizing our need for salvation. The Bible talks about salvation like this, that if we repent of our sins, if we recognize we are sinful and in need of forgiveness and turn away from our sin and in faith trust Jesus that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus can save us, that we will be saved. Maybe for some of you today, that moment needs to come now where you call out and you seek the Lord and you trust the Lord to save you. When I think about the life of vintage, Pastor Brick shared so much of this already, but what has God done? What have we watched and seen God do this year? I think about our mission, Gospel Proclamation. So many of you sharing stories of sharing your faith and inviting others. This year alone, we've had 245 first-time guests, people who have come for the first time into this building to meet Vintage Church. I think about Gospel Transformation. 
The 17 baptisms we've experienced, people for the first time reading the Bible on their own, people joining life groups and beginning to focus on discipleship, or the the people who have gone through the connect track who have taken next steps. I think about gospel multiplication, the serve NOLA days that we've had, building relationships and serving other people. I think about vintage nights. I think about sending someone to Utah, sending our Honduras team in a few months to go build a well. I think about Vintage Pittsburgh and what God is already doing by building, number one, giving them a property to be able to do ministry in and then merging them with another church to have a huge and awesome core team. Do you see it? What God has done? Chances are, if you were to just sit and pause and reflect on your own life, you would see what God has done in your life. That as you've anticipated all of the things that you believe God wants to do in your life, you would stop and reflect and see all of the things that he's already done. How he's been faithful to you. How he's carried you time and time again. The last thing that I want us to see this morning is we not only anticipate God to do it, we not only watch God do it, but we remember that God did it. Genesis twenty two fourteen. so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Abraham was able to go back to that place and, and set up this monument to remember that this is what the Lord had done. That every time, whether he was going past that mountain or remembering in his own mind, there was always this moment of remembrance that God, you have done it. The idea of that the Lord will provide is that the Lord will see it through. We'll see it through to completion that whatever you're lacking, whatever you're needing, whatever God wants to do in your life, God will see that it comes to fruition. That the Lord will provide. Right? That's part of the reason, outside of my kids just wanting presents on presents on presents, right? That's part of the reason we celebrate birthdays. I look back to my my children when they were literally hours old or minutes old and me holding them and then I see them at one year old two year two years old three years old four years old and the older they get the more I get to reflect and remember them and see not just how they're growing but what the Lord has done in their life each and every year how they're growing and they're developing that's that's why we celebrate birthdays today we're remembering what God has done We're remembering how God has been faithful in the life of Vintage Church. When I think about Vintage Church, Vintage turning 10 today, these are some of the things that I remember that God has done in the life of our church. Things like the launch Sunday, like I shared with you, this was my first Sunday. I'm somewhere eh, right there, maybe. I I remember that Sunday. I remember my wife being invited by Caitlin Wilson before she was Caitlin Wilson to come to a vintage uh, community group at the time. 
I remember being here, being there at that gathering and experiencing vintage for the first time. This couple right here, this is Scott and Wendy, who are missionaries in South Asia. They were Rachel and I's first neighbors in New Orleans. I remember being their friends, building friendships with them, serving with them, sending them out to serve in South Asia. I think about this picture, me baptizing my wife, Rachel, right here. I remember that moment. I remember these kinds of moments. I remember the merger of Vintage Church with Highland Baptist Church when we gutted the place. I remember going to three locations. We were in uh, Rock and Bowl. We were here. We were at the lakefront. I remember feeling like I was going to die. 2013, we call, we classify, quote unquote, the year of hell. Because it was. It was terrible. But you know what I remember about that year? God sustaining us. God providing for us. I remember certain baptisms that I've had the opportunity to be a part. This picture here is of Justin. I remember meeting with him to talk about baptism and seeing how the Lord had literally changed his life and how he was getting ready to get married and I was able to walk with him and his wife, Brittany, through premarital counseling. And now to see them, to have a brand new baby, love Jesus, love the church. That's just one story among so many others. I remember sending out Pastor Rob and Vintage Pitt becoming the lead pastor here. These are stories that we remember. These are things that God has done that for so many of us we weren't expecting. Literally today, we're texting back and forth with the Vintage Church Pitt team and the pastor of the other church that's getting ready to merge with Vintage Church Pit is literally meeting with his church to celebrate that merger. And Sean Englert was texting us, and he was like, just imagine if we would have thought 10 years ago that God was going to do this. <laughs> Man, we had no idea. If we anticipate God to do it, we watch God do it. We remember God do it. What could God do in the next 10 years? What could God do in your life in the next 10 years? How could God change your life so much that it changes other people's lives? What are we not expecting and anticipating God to do in the next 10 years that will literally change hundreds if not thousands of people's lives here in this city, in Pittsburgh, and in cities we don't even know about yet. But if we can look back and we can reflect that we've seen God do it and we remember when God did it, can we not anticipate that God will do it again? That God will be faithful to show up and God will do it again. Vintage Church, let's remember today what God has done in these last 10 years. Let's remember and be thankful for watching him do what he's done, but let us anticipate God to continue to move, for him to continue to change lives, for him to continue to receive glory. Let's pray together.
Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this morning and your faithfulness to us. God, as we reflect on our own life, as we reflect on the life of Vintage Church, God, we have seen you show up and do it time and time again. In this moment, God, help us to thank you. Help us to have hearts of gratitude for what you've done in our lives. But God, help us to anticipate what you're going to do next. To trust that if you've done it before, you'll do it again. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.